0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Joe McCall here. What's going on? Uh, this is the uh, a combination of my Real Estate Investing Mastery podcast and a new series that I'm doing called REI Secrets. And I got a lot of cool things to share with you today. I started this new series called REI Secrets two or three months ago. And my goal was, instead of doing a big coaching call where I get a bunch of people on and I answer questions, which is awesome, I have a place for that, I just thought I would get on once a week and teach some really cool things, teach some secrets that I have come across over the last few years doing a lot of deals more than just a few years doing deals. So I created this series called REI Secrets. And a couple of things I want to talk to you about, but the main thing here is, oh, by the way, on this episode too, I'm going to continue what I did last week and I'm going to be answering a lot more common lease option questions. I get a lot of questions people are asking me about how do particulars about lease options. And so if you missed the last episode, just go to my YouTube channel, go to my podcast, go to my Facebook page. And just do a search for REI Secrets, and you'll see the last one that I did, okay? Um, I want to tell you about something first here, real quick announcement. I am doing a workshop starting next week as I'm recording this, as this is live right now on YouTube and Facebook. I'm doing a new workshop called Virtual Profits Workshop, and I'm doing it with a good friend of mine named Gavin Timms. And so if you go to Virtual Profits Workshop, virtualprofitsworkshop.com. Okay, cool. Okay, you see this? If you want to do more deals virtually, this is free, brand new, free workshop that I'm doing with my coaching business partner, Gavin Timms. So we start on Monday, September 6th. This is a five-day workshop we're doing. Every morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, we're gonna be going live and teaching you all about how to do deals virtually, how to do deals in your backyard virtually, and how to do deals in small towns and anywhere you want, right? And so we start, it's absolutely 100% free. All you gotta do is sign up here. We're starting September 6th. Reserve your spot. It's going to be all done in a private Facebook group. Cool. And the group is only going to be up for like seven days. We're going live Monday morning, September sixth, 10 a.m. Eastern. We're going to be teaching a different topic every morning and we're going to do some cool things, giveaway prizes. We're going to give you a workbook where you can fill things out as we go along. And this thing is free. Now, we're going to be making you an offer at the end for a coaching program we have, but Regardless of whether you qualify for that or not, or whether you're interested or not, the value that we're going to give for you for free on this workshop is going to be worth more than maybe some, what you've spent hundreds or thousands of dollars on different courses for, okay? So if you're interested in doing deals quickly, virtually, especially in small towns, because I think there's that's where the h- biggest opportunity is right now. And it's been in small towns for at least the last few years because it's gotten harder and harder to find deals in the big towns, then you want to be part of this. Let me just say this. Gavin and I have done a lot of deals. We're still doing deals today. And we've never done, I can't say that never in the last five or six years, we have never done a deal where it's been, where, I have done just 100% of it or Gavin has just done 100% of the deal. We always partner with other people, somebody on the marketing side, somebody on the buying selling side, acquisitions, dispositions. We've always found other people to partner with on deals and which makes it a whole lot easier when you're talking about doing deals virtually in other small towns or big towns or in other states, you've got to find people to partner with on those deals. And so we're going to be talking about that a lot on this five-day workshop. This is how you do virtual deals. So check this out, all right? And we have a bunch of testimonials in there. But it's completely free, like I said, again. Go to uh, virtualprofitsworkshop.com, virtualprofitsworkshop.com, cool? All right, I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. It's free. Did I say it's free? And if you're not happy with it, then uh, you get your money back. And if you can't make it every day live, that's totally fine because it, it's gonna be in a Facebook group and you get access to, the, to those videos in the Facebook group for at least that week. Uh, when the week is done on a Sunday or Monday night, we're going to take a, you know, we're going to close the group up and everything like that. Cool, all right. So, those of you watching right now, hi on, on Facebook, what's up, Facebook user? Good morning to you too from Houston, Desmond. How do you make six figures with tax liens? Good question, but I'm not going to answer that question on this because I'm going to be answering questions about lease options. And what's up, Al? How are you? And uh, Stanley, greetings, cool. So, those of you, um, a lot of you are watching this on YouTube right now. I hope hope it's working there. And on Facebook, please comment down below and say hi. Tell me that you're here and let me know you're here. I appreciate it. Okay, now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start going through the questions. Last time I did this, I answered this question, what contracts are needed to close a deal? I answered this question, what motivation does a seller need to have to wait five years to get their money on a lease option? What about brokering without a license? The whole licensing issues, I talked a lot about that. And how do you close the lease option deals on the A to B, the B to C? The how does it work at the end? And I answered that question, okay? And so um, these are all questions that were submitted to me on the last five-day workshop that I did about a month ago, and that was. Was all about just lease options. Oh, cool. We're getting new comments here. Got new new people on. Caroline, how you doing? Glad you're here. Brian, I'm sorry, Jerry. Hey, Jerry, my man. Brian Care, good morning to you too. Lailani, It's a cool name. Good morning to you. Beverly from Chicago. Go White Sox. Not really, but they're better than the Cubs. Um, Chris from Columbus, Ohio. Rick Gentry. What's going on? Glad you're here. And Valerie Green from YouTube. So good. We got some YouTube folks here. Glad you guys are here. All right. Now let's go to the questions, Joe. Stop wasting time. Now, this is a question that was submitted to me. I have a question about finding sellers. I know that war zones are not good markets. What criteria usually makes for a good area to market? Okay. Good question. I still do deals in war zones, but I do cash wholesaling deals. So I'm not saying ignore those areas, but those are areas typically you want to do more of a cash offer, you do traditional wholesaling offers in the quote unquote war zones. Now for lease option deals, I like doing lease option deals in the median priced areas, the blue collar working class bread and butter neighborhoods okay so it's different in every market but typically in Saint like in St. Louis in the Midwest I'm looking for houses that are worth maybe between a hundred to four hundred thousand dollars okay I want to avoid the low end under a hundred thousand for lease option deals And I want to typically avoid the homes above four or 500,000. Now, it's not a hard and fast limit. I'll still do a deal kind of on the margins out there, but I'm not looking for them. And if I do find a deal out in the cheaper or higher ends, right, my strategy is just going to be a little different. Like if it's under 100 grand, I might, instead of doing a lease option offer, I might make an owner financing offer. Those are typically properties that you're going to just rent as a long term buy and hold cash flow deal. Okay. Now, let me say this too. Why? (laughs) Because The pool of buyers are so much smaller, okay? The pool of buyers that are looking to buy a home, retail buyers, I mean, okay? Owner-occupant retail buyers, on the low end, sub 100,000, there's not as many of them. And there's also not as many of these buyers that are looking to buy $500,000 and up in the Midwest typically. Those are more jumbo loans or harder loans to get. They need more money down, better credit scores and all of that. The banks look at them as more risky. Both both sides up and down, right? So I like to look where there's a saying I like, I heard once, you can only sell homes people want to buy. You can only sell homes people want to buy. And I see some people get in trouble doing lease options on really cheap homes. Because you know, think about it, that tenant buyer, they're living there and it's been a couple of years, they get the credit fixed. Do you think they're going to want to actually live in that neighborhood? They can now buy a house. They can get a mortgage. Probably not. They're probably gonna. They're not gonna want to buy that fifty thousand dollar house. They're gonna probably want to move into a better area where there's better appreciation, better school districts, and all that. So the chances of somebody buying that house, getting a mortgage, and actually buying that house in that's in the lower end price range there, it's just not very good. Those are better areas for just long term buy and hold rentals or maybe owner financing things like that. Makes sense. So the criteria just depends. What I typically like to do is you know just Google. Uh, let's say you're in Marion County. Uh, Is that Indiana, Indianapolis? All right, so I would just go to the Googles and do a search for Marion County Median Home Price. And you'll find stuff that comes up, usually from Zillow. And you wanna be typically, now don't get technical here, don't freak out. You typically want to go out a couple standard deviations, all right? Now, I don't even know how to do that, but let's say in the St. Louis, Missouri, the median home price is two fifty. dollars So that's why I like to go to maybe $100,000 to $500,000. That make sense? That's just a general rule of thumb. It's not an exact hardcore science. Also, when it comes to the rents, I want to make sure I'm looking for homes that are rented, that will rent out for maybe nine hundred dollars to $2,000 a month. Once you get below that or much higher than that, again, the tenants that are looking for good tenants that want to buy a house that have a good realistic chance of getting a mortgage in one or two years, that's where they are. That's what they're looking for. Just makes your job a whole lot easier when you find homes in that. So that's my criteria. It's real simple. It's not zip codes. It's not, you know, drawing an area on a map. It's just price. When I'm looking at Zillow for properties, I'm looking for properties in those price ranges. Make sense? All right. Got some more people here. Darren from Chicago. Al's asking a good question here. How do you find the small towns like you mentioned? You know what? Maybe I'll show you guys one of the things that I like to do for that. Caroline is asking, say that again, huh? So the good thing now, Caroline, is that if you're watching this on Facebook, is you can rewind my videos a little bit. I don't know what you were wanting me to repeat. And there's Mary in California. Okay, cool. How do you find those small towns? Let me show you something that I think will be actually pretty helpful to you guys because I just think it will be. So there is a website I like to go to, and I'm gonna give it to you here in just a second. I'm gonna share my screen. It's called worldpopulationreview.com slash states. worldpopulationreview.com slash states. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Again, worldpopulationreview.com, worldpopulationreview.com slash states. And you get these little pop-ups and these annoying ads, you just gotta delete them. So let's say you're in Arkansas, okay? And the cool thing about this, it gives you a bunch of information, and I'm zoomed really in big here so you can see it, but oh my gosh, these ads. All right. You just got to live through it. Arkansas population. I'm scrolling down here. The ranks. All I'm looking for, I don't care about the politics, politics and I'm not going to go into all of that stuff because I'll fire you guys up and you'll get mad at me. All right. So these are the counties. You see Arkansas County population growth rate by county. That's cool. These are the the counties that are growing the fastest. That's interesting. But what I really like is this one right here. Okay. Let me zoom out a little bit. Now, this is these are all the counties. Now I, I'm not sure. Little Rock is either here or Fayetteville. All right. But any state you're in, these red ones are the most populous counties, okay? In fact, let's do this. Let's let's open up Google Maps. I get this question a lot. How do you find those small counties, right? Arkansas, okay. So there's Little Rock and there's Fayetteville, Rogers, Springdale. Okay, so Little Rock is right there, right? So that's in the center. But this is where, you know, if you're in Fayetteville or, or in Little Rock, this is where pretty much all the competition is, right? But what about these other counties surrounding here, okay? And I like going out to these areas like this county here, maybe this county here. How about this one? What county is that? That's Craighead County. It has, you see up there in the upper right, 113,000 people, population growth, 17%. How much competition do you think is in that market right there? Maybe there's a university there or something. Let's look. That's Jonesboro. All right. Jonesboro. I don't know what's out there, but guess what? There's a lot of people there. And believe it or not, in fact, let's look, Craighead County. So I'm going to go to PropStream. PropStreamJoe.com, guys, you have a subscription, right? PropStreamJoe.com. Let's see how much investor activity happened there in the last six months. How many properties are investors actually buying out there? And Somebody who's investing there right now is going to be mad that I'm letting out their secrets. Craighead County, Arkansas. There's almost 55,000 properties. Let's go here to filter. Let's go to owner occupied. No, that means investors, right? Let's do property types. Let's just look at single families and two to four families. All right. And there's 9,300 of them there. Now let's look at ownership info and years of ownership max one year. All right, so there's been 436 transactions in that county from investors. So in the last year, investors have bought 436 different properties there. That's pretty good. That's not as much as maybe Little Rock, but but here's my point. There is very little competition here. And how easy would it be to download this list of all 436 of these investors, remove the duplicates. There's probably 300 different investors that have purchased properties in Craighead County, Arkansas, right? And how hard would it be to go in and find out what they're looking for? What did they buy? This property here, it's owned by somebody in Florida, Orion Homes. It's a nice looking house, right? They bought this thing. Okay, tell me this is a good deal. This does, this sounds like a really good deal, right? It rents for about $993. So it rents for $900 to $1,000 a month, right? Let's see if we can find out what it sold for. MLS details, I don't know if this is going to... It sold for $89,000, maybe. This is, I'm just looking here. It's really hard for you to see, I know. So it sold... Uh, just like three weeks ago for $89,000, if this is correct, okay? Guess what? Those are really good numbers. And I'm just guessing by the look of the outside of the house, okay, it needs updating of the the landscaping and stuff like that. But this house may not need a ton of work, uh, maybe 10 grand into it. And there's probably really good, remember the population of this county is growing by 17%. Maybe there's some good job growth there. I'm just curious to anybody here watching this right now, comment if you know anything about this county. But what I'm guessing is, these are, um, these are some good rental properties where, you know, investors from Florida are looking for some cash flow and they're looking at this area and thinking, man, I can buy some really good properties here. Here's a house that they bought for $49,000 and it rents for about $680. This is a great little house. Look at this thing. My California friends watching this right now, right? Would you think that this would be a good deal? Yeah, that's a cute little house. Solid Bones, right? And uh, they bought it for 49000 And yeah, and it probably rents for, for Prosperium, saying $680. bucks. All right, so there's very little competition for these deals. Now you're wondering, okay, well, that might be a good town to target. Like, who do I target in these areas? Well, what I like to do First thing I like to do is I want to send, I want to do cold calls and direct mail. So I'm going to look for absentee owners who own single families and two to four families. And I'm going to go to ownership info. I want to make sure they've owned it for at least... 10 years. Here you go. There's 3,500 absentee owners who have owned their properties over 10 years. You could also go into, if you're going to cold call them, well, let's just look at equity here. Um, it kind of depends on the county, estimated equity. I want at least 50% equity. Boom, here you go. There's 3,300 properties in that county that have their, their absentee owners. They've owned it for over 10 years and they have at least 50% equity in it. What if we also did because if I wanted to skip trace them, I wanted to make sure they were individual owners and not LLCs. Oh my gosh, I'm, this is money! This is money here, guys. There is 2,100 properties in that little county. How many other investors do you think are cold calling, doing direct mail to these people in this area? Not as many as you would think. Very few. There is some competition there, but when you compare it to Nashville, to Denver, to Los Angeles, to New York City, I mean, it's like nothing. All right, so. That's what I'm looking for. I love this website, worldpopulationreview.com/states, and you can just look at these other counties. You know, what's another good county? What about Garland County? All right? What's what's in Garland County? Garland County, Arkansas. That's well, Hot Springs, nice lake, Hot Springs, Arkansas. All right. So th- this is where you're you're looking at. Okay, you know, everybody is here doing all this marketing here. What about these other counties that's seeing some growth? What about Pope County? This is a good county, Sebastian County, right here. Okay. Is that helpful to some of you all? I'm going to look at your comments here. Is there a heading on that map you were showing? I don't think so. Al, yes, that's helpful. Nice. James, which search engine are you on? Well, I was using Google a little bit, but I was using PropStream to find my data. Facebook user says, yes, that's been helpful. And somebody here says, I'm going to translate that to, yes, that is helpful. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's go to the next question. Oh, this is good. I live in North Carolina. I'm hearing that sandwich lease options are illegal. How do I get past that? This is a common question. It's not unique to North Carolina. We see this all the time. You know, people think lease options are illegal in Texas. People think wholesaling is illegal in Illinois. There is no state in the United States. Let me just focus this on lease options. There is no state in the union where lease options are illegal. There's none. There's just certain laws that say this is how you have to do lease options. Okay. In Texas, for example, you can't do a sandwich lease option longer than six months. All right, so fine, do owner finance or a land contract or contract for deed or something, right? There's other ways that you can do those deals in Texas. And by the way, you can do lease option assignments all day long, 500 of them a day if you wanted in Texas. I have a good friend, John Jackson, he's been doing lease options, lease option assignments or wholesaling lease options for years and years in Texas. Now in North Carolina, have you actually read the law? Whoever asked this question, have you read the law? Or whoever told you that lease options are illegal Have they read the law, the specific statute that says it's illegal? Because I have read it and it doesn't say it's illegal. It just says if you do them, you have to do these things. And in my lease options course, I have in there a section that covers this specifically. And it's just a one or two page thing that describes what you have to do. And there's certain language and things that you have to put into your contracts At a certain font size and all that. And there's certain things that you have to disclose. Well, guess what? Those are all things that I do anyway. That those are the, that's actually a good law in North Carolina of what you have to do. Um, right. So if you get an attorney or somebody that says, listen, you, you can't do lease options. They're illegal here. Okay. You know, don't argue with them. They're the professionals, but just ask them to show you where it says it's illegal and always get a second opinion. Right. And I've said this often. I get lawyers that tell me it's illegal to buy properties at 60, 70 cents on the dollar. I've had the lawyers tell me that. Really? There's a law that says I can't buy properties at a discount? And like, nah, well, no, not really. But it must be a scam because no seller would ever want to sell you their house at a huge, significant discount like that. It sounds fishy. Sounds too good to be true. You know, it must be true. That crap. It's like, it makes me so mad and I get annoyed with it. So just because somebody has not heard of it before or it's different. Doesn't mean it's illegal, right? I'm trying to buy a vacant lot near my house right now. And the realtor I'm working with, God bless him. He's like, because he, I wanted to make an offer for owner financing. And he said, no, we can't do that. Well, and I said, well, how about a contract for deed? Right? You don't have to deed me over the property. Just keep the deed. Just give me a contract for the deed. He's like, well, we've never done that before. That must be illegal. Like, oh my God. I, I, you know, I'm just trying to keep my cool. Just because you have never done it before must mean obviously, I mean, any simpleton would know then it must be illegal. I said, well, no, no, listen, listen, I can get an attorney that can help write the contracts. I have a title company that can do it all. And he's like, oh, okay. And because I didn't freak out and yell at him, right. He's like, he's slowly opening him up. Right. And so, Part of me is like, you know what, forget it. But then he called me a day ago and it was just saying, hey, I'm just wondering, how's it going? You still want to make that contract for deed offer, you know? Because this is a property that nobody's going to want to buy. It's on a steep slope, you know, nobody's going to build this thing. And I just want to buy it so nobody actually does build on it. And maybe, it'll, you know, adding one and a half acres might increase the value of my property, I don't know. Does it make sense? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? Are you smelling what I'm stepping in? Appreciation would be a good thing to know, maybe. What do you think? Oh, the appreciation in the county. Yeah, but I don't care as much about that, Jerry, as I do about cash flow. And really, all I care about, if I'm wholesaling deals, I just wanna know are there other investors buying properties there? Okay. And if there are, I'm gonna go find out what they want and I'm gonna go get it for them. Shalini, can you search Illinois in the world population? Looks like there's negative population growth across the board. So, is this not a good state? I don't know, Shalini. I mean, I know the investors that are doing a lot of deals right now in Springfield, Illinois. They would love for you to think that it's not a good state and for you to leave and go do deals somewhere else, okay? And again, I was talking to you about wholesaling is it illegal. You can still do wholesaling in Illinois. You just got to do it the right way, okay? You got to either get your license and or close on the deal, buy it, then turn around and sell it. What is the name of that population website again? Write this down, guys. Or if you're on YouTube, Facebook, rewind. Move the little play bar backwards. Worldpopulationreview.com. Worldpopulationreview.com. Oh, good. Somebody put it there in the uh, Facebook comments. If you appreciate this info, please back out of the chat and hit the like button. Come on, All Nighter Hider. There you go. Thank you. I love that name too, All Nighter Hider. Whatever that means, probably dirty, but maybe not. (laughs) If you guys like this stuff, yeah, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, subscribe to my channel, give me a thumbs up, and I'd really appreciate it. Makes me want to do more of these things. All right, next question. So the option agreement, is it recorded at the county? That's the lease and option agreement, the single document, right? Okay, cool. Let me explain because I answered this before, but like there's several, my contract with the seller is a one document contract that has the lease and the option together. The documents that I sign with the tenant buyer is a separate lease and a separate option agreement. That's the way I like to do it, okay? My agreement with the seller, yes, 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 you definitely want to record that in the county records. You want to cloud the title. You might also want to file... You you get a title company to help you with this, but a memorandum of option, maybe a limited power of attorney, if you can do that. Um, There's also something called the, um, some people call it the affidavit of interest. You might want to do something like that. Yeah, so you want to cloud the title, okay? But you do not let the tenant buyer file anything to cloud the title. My agreement with the tenant buyer says you cannot do it. And if you do, you're in big trouble and it will revoke and cancel the option agreement. You can't buy the house if you do it. Now, why would that matter? Because what happens if that tenant buyer doesn't buy the house and then moves away and they're mad at you, and but now they filed some memorandum in the, in, in the records, right? And you, they want, they're not going to remove it. Well, that's a problem. So that's why it's important to have that in the agreement with the tenant buyer. You cannot do it. So what do you do? Well, you know, one thing you could do is you could have your assistant or you could every month, every couple months, go look in the county records to see if anything has been filed against the property. That's one thing you could do. So yes, you want the option recorded with the contract between you and the seller. And just ask a title company to help you with that. Now, by the way, these questions are not in order. This, These are questions I got. I'm gonna try to answer as many as I can today, but I'm probably gonna do this in three or four parts. What is the response rate for texting for rent by owners? Okay, so one of my favorite forms of marketing is texting landlords and FISBOs. But sending them messages. If it's on Facebook Messenger through Facebook Marketplace or if it's on Zillow or Go Section 8, I'm look I love rental properties. Why? Because they're vacant and they're nice. They don't need a ton of work. And I'm messaging the owners, the property managers, the leasing agents, the realtors, the owners, and saying, hey, listen, I like your rental property there. You wouldn't have any interest in selling it, would you? Right. Or if it's a for sale by owner, I might ask them. You know, hey, you wouldn't have any interest in maybe leasing it for a year or two and then selling it, would you? Or if I could get you that price that you want because most of the time fisbos are asking a little too much, would you be willing to rent it or lease it first, okay? So, when I'm sending text messages, what's my typical response rate? It depends. I can tell you this has gotten harder the last 6 to 12 months because more and more properties that are on Zillow have phone numbers that are come from automated machines. So, if you text them, they'll respond back, "Hey, what's your name? This is Hotpads Pads or whatever." So what do you do? You keep on sending a bunch of texts and then you pick up the phone and you call the sellers or you might send a letter to the owner. FreedomSoft makes it really easy to you know, click find owner and then you can get the name and the address of the owner. You can send them a letter. You can skip trace them and call them. So I'll say this. If you send about 100 texts a day, you should be getting two to three, maybe four or five. So let's just say three positive responses that say, yeah, I might be interested in selling it or tell me more. Okay. It's not a very great response rate, but here's the thing. In my course, I teach you how to use different uh, services that we recommend to scrape a lot of properties all at once. But we're doing more than just texting, right? We're emailing, we're sending a letter, we're sending a voicemail, individual one at a time voicemails, emails, and did I say letters? We're gonna do that. So texting should not be the only thing that you do, okay? Yeah, and so if you send 100 texts, maybe you get three to five People that respond back, yeah, I might be interested or tell me more. How does that work? Okay, cool. And you'll, you, it used to be um, I would get 15 to 20 that would say, yeah, I'd be interested in selling. But right now the market has changed and it's also gotten harder to reach people through them, through those texts. Getting some good comments here. All Nighter Heider said the name started dirty back in high school, but I've cleaned, I've since cleaned up my act. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Mike in LA, what's going on? And Doug, thanks for the thumbs up. Todd Whitmore, hey Todd, what's going on? I'm looking at a property in St. Louis, zip code 63121, is that a decent area? Well, let's. I'll look at that in a minute here because that's a good question. Real quick though, Kaz is asking what contracts do I need altogether? What does the seller sign versus the tenant? Great question Kaz or Saz, but I answered that on the last one. So go back to my YouTube channel, subscribe to my channel, go look at my video that I released last week where I answered that question. How do you target landlords with two to three properties who no longer want to be landlords? I I love direct mail. I love cold calling, texting a little bit, but direct mail and cold calling are my favorites. Okay, so good question here from Todd Whitmore, my man. He's looking at a property in St. Louis, 63121. Is that a decent area? Let me show you what I like to look at, and there's a few things here. Median home price. I'm gonna share my screen. Oops, here we go. Let me remove the banner. So one thing I like to do is the Google, just Google meeting home price, 63121. And usually you get a Zillow link like this. And you might want to even know where is 63121. So let's go to uh, Google Maps. Just do a search for it, 63121. Oops. Usually Google Maps will do a, um, they'll map out, you know, the zip code there. And let's zoom out. Okay. Oh, there's also, um, I don't know if Trulia still does this. Does Trulia still do um, Prime Maps? I know they got into kind of a little trouble doing that recently. All right, let me just come on. They used to, and I don't know if they still do. There are different places where you can do it, where you can look. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they do it anymore. They might have. Let me just see here. St. Louis County, Missouri. Well, that showed up somewhere. And maybe I'll look at that later. But there, there are services out there. Like you can do a Google search for um, Prime Heat Map Trulia. Discover a Neighborhoods, St. Louis, Missouri. They might have gotten rid of it because, again, it was kind of really similar to redlining, which isn't good. Yeah, so it's not I – don't, I don't think it's working anymore. But if you Google crime heat maps, usually cities will have it. Like, And it's kind of based on – all right, here, Neighborhood Scout. Crime. Let's look at 63121. It's not that bad of an area. Let me just say that. It's a great rental neighborhood. And I don't know how you can, like, remove – So play with that. I mean, uh, NeighborhoodScout.com is one good site that you might want to look at. But you want to compare your zip code with other zip codes. I'm trying to see if there's a way you can remove the boundary. I don't see that. I don't know if these these colors are good or bad. So one of the things that I like to do here is to see, all right, well, what are the types, what types of properties are listed for sale here? Okay, this is the median home value of St. Louis Metro. Let's just look at Zillow here. And let's go to 63121. I like to see, well, what are the rental properties here? And these are good rents. These are the kind of properties you see here. This is actually a really good area, okay? I like to look at what homes are for sale. And Chrome, oh, here we go. Let's just look at three-plus bedrooms. No, let's look at two-plus bedrooms because there's some nice two-bedrooms here. You can. This is priced or sorted low to high, so you get the cheaper properties here that obviously need work. But if you sort this by low to high, or high to low, I mean, you find a $250,000 house, $240,000, $225, 183 $149, $175. So it kind of depends on where you are, if this is a good area or not. But I do know this. One thing you can do uh, before I answer my opinion on that, let's go here, 63121. And I'm in PropStream Joe. Let's look at absentee owner, no ownership info, maximum one year. So how many absentee owners have bought a home in the last year in that zip code? 266. That's really good. And you can start, you know, you can download this list, see what it is that they bought, price ranges that they bought them in, who were they, where were they? Like a lot of, you'll find a lot of out-of-state investors are buying in here. So, I mean, if you were to look at all the zip codes in St. Louis County and find out which ones are the best zip codes um, to be active in, where investors, most of them are buying, you're going to see 63121 is going to be near the top of that list. It's got a good combination of appreciation and rents. Okay. I hope that answered the question. So, number one, just Google it do a search for median home price zip code and you'll find well here we go here's the zillow link i was looking for 64000 again that tells me good rental neighborhood you can see it's got some decent appreciation in here that's just zillow trulia has different uh, uh searches even though they're owned by the same company trulia will, will tell you little things a little differently you can look to see what properties are for sale there for rent there do you see a good you see a good number of homes for rent now Chrome is giving me a hard time. Google Chrome is giving me a hard time with Zillow. It doesn't update all the time there, but, you know, go check out uh, NeighborhoodScout.com, NeighborhoodScout.com. How can I, St. Louis County, Missouri. Here we go. See, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Frontenac is like one of the wealthiest parts of Missouri. I don't know why that's coming up. Okay, all right, let's move on. Look at your comments here real quick. So Ray is saying that there's crime stats on USA.com. Used to be citydata.com. All right, so check that out. Todd is saying, I found the property on Craigslist, FSB. I'm not sure what that is. Frustrated landlord. Yeah, well, here's the thing. You're going to find frustrated landlords in any zip code and it's off market. Well, Todd, you know, uh, Voxer or me, and we'll take a look at that property if you want. But like you want to go into PropStream and go into Redfin and find out, okay, what, what uh, have properties, similar properties sold for in the last six to 12 months? And it's easy to find comps in that neighborhood. The Raven is asking, hey, I know you're doing a live training workshop. By the way, we sold out that workshop. I'm doing it in a couple three weeks. Sold it out, no more tickets. What about coming to California? I'd love to come to California, LA Mike, but maybe sometime down the road. I was there and speaking at a real estate club. Pull when was that? Oh, that was online in Zoom. I was there about a year or two ago. Okay, so let me go to the other questions that were asked. This is the next one right here. Can you get a general overview on how to record the lease options with the county? Yeah, you get a title company to help you, okay? And once the title company helps you do it once, just see what they do, and then you can do the same thing yourself. But here's the thing. Just hire someone to do it for you. Just get it done right. What's the difference between lease options subject to and seller financing? Good question. Um, the main difference is on a subject to or seller financing, you're taking the deed to the property or you're doing a contract for deed, but you own the property and control it. You take The title stays in the seller's um, the, I'm sorry. The mortgage stays in the seller's name All right, in a subject to, but you take title to the property. In seller financing, the seller becomes the bank; they become the mortgageor, and you become the mortgagee. I think I got that right. And you take title to the property. Okay. With lease options, it's like the, in my opinion, it's the, I think it's the easiest one to do, and it's the one that has the least risk, in my opinion. Now, people are going to disagree, but that's my. Opinion. The with a lease option, you control it, but you don't own it. You don't take the title. The seller stays on title. The seller's mortgage stays in the seller's name. The seller still is responsible for the mortgage. On a lease option, I have an agreement to lease the property from the owner and then the option to buy it in the future at some predetermined price in a predetermined amount of time. And I also have the right to sublease it out and sell it to somebody else during that time. So I control it, but I don't own it. And the subject to is in seller financing, you own it and control it. I might do, you know, I used to do a lot of subject twos and seller financing. Uh, I just like lease options better because I feel like if the deal goes bad, it's easier, they're easier for me to get out of. And I just found that they were easier to explain to a seller. I got tired of ex- trying to explain, you know, to deed the property over to me and the mortgage stays in their name. Somebody asked me one time, Joe, do you really think, now I'm not knocking subject twos because there's a place for it. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing a promotion with Vena Jones-Cox, who's one of the nation's experts on subject twos. We're going to be doing a Saturday class together, teaching you how to do subject twos the right way. And it's going to be ridiculously cheap. We're either going to do it for 197 or 297 It's going to be an all-day Saturday class, about well, four to six hours. And she's going to teach how to do subject twos. You get all of her contracts and paperwork. She's been doing subject twos for 20 plus years for a long time she's very very concerned with the law and doing it legally and ethically it's so going to be really really good so stay tuned for that make sure you're on my email list um, because we're going to be doing this promotion in, um in a, in a week or two and again it's going to be a hundred bucks 200 300 bucks or something for this class but I just found it it was you know I just thought lease options were better okay let's go to the next one if I'm only legally registered to do business in one state do i need to register to do business in another state in the other states i'm doing in Now, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even pretend to be one. Sometimes I feel like I'm smarter than lawyers, but I'm probably not. And so I'm not giving you legal advice. So talk to an attorney. My unprofessional opinion is you only really need to register an LLC in one state, okay? It's not a big deal. I know some people that do LLCs in every different state that they're in, they sometimes will do LLCs for every different deal that they're in. But just talk to somebody about that. It costs money to do that. And I've always just, I'm not worried about it. I don't know what else to say to that. And by the way, do you need an LLC to do deals? No, you don't. Some people think that they have to get an LLC before they even start marketing or before they even start talking to sellers and making offers. I would say, you know, start right now marketing and talking to sellers and making offers. Go ahead and make the offer in your name. It's not a big deal. And um, some people would argue with me on that. But while you know, while you're doing that, go ahead and work on getting an LLC. In fact, if you guys are interested in getting more information on getting an LLC, I would encourage you. I partner with these guys called Prime Corporate Services. You go to joemacallcom slash LLC, joemacallcom slash LLC. Let me put that in here. These guys at Prime Corporate Services will hook you up and um, you get a consultation with them if you go there. And they will help you set up your entities, your tax structures to make sure you pay less in taxes. They'll help you get business lines of credit. So just the money they're going to save you in creating the LLC, setting up your entities, and the money that you'll save in taxes, doing it the right way. And then if you get any business lines of credit, if you want, you know. But they'll 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 you can schedule a free consultation with them, and uh, they will get on the phone and chat with you to see about your current situation, where you're at, what are your goals. I really recommend these guys, JoeMcCall.com/llc. And if you go there, you'll be taking to a website that looks like this. And uh, you can schedule an appointment. Let me zoom in a little bit. Prime Business Assessment Setup for Real Estate Investors will show you how to protect yourself and your assets and how to build business funding and how to take advantage of 250 unique tax deductions to keep more of your hard-earned money. Schedule your appointment here. There's a little video of me talking about it. They're gonna help you with tax savings, business funding, asset protection, so they'll help you create an LLC. And these guys at Prime Corporate Services, I get tons and tons of testimonials from them, from, their stu- from my students that are using them. I kind of reluctantly agreed to promote, you know, because I do get a little commission. It's not much, but I couldn't believe the testimonials, the feedback I was getting from my students about them. And so I thought, all right, let's, this is good. Okay. So go check out com slash LLC, com slash LLC. Let's go to the next question here. I kind of already answered this. Can you give us some guidance on choosing a market? What is a good market basic criteria to find the best leads. How do you pick a good market? One of the, sometimes what what you do is you really need to kind of like pick four or five of them, right? And I would start with: Do you know anybody in Bentonville, Arkansas? Do you you know Do you know anybody in Des Moines, Iowa? Do you know anybody in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma? Have you been there before? Have you lived there before? Right? Because then these are people that you could maybe reach out to to help you if you need boots on the ground for anything, or you already have some familiarity with that. So I would pick four or five different markets, and then what I would do is I would compare. All right, which markets are going to be good? What 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 markets have more investor activity? Which of these three or four markets have better appreciation, have more potential leads that I can target and market to? So it becomes kind of a comparison, choosing, comparing this one, comparing that one. I did a video. I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to open up my YouTube channel and find this video for you. If you go to Joe McCall's channel, subscribe, give me a thumbs up, like my videos. Okay. And I'm going to do a search for, I wonder if I can find it, cash buyers. Okay. So let me uh, share my screen again here. Ah, here we go. Hide that. If you go to the YouTubes and you do a search, you know, just go to my channel, Joe, uh, you know, just Google YouTube, Joe McCall, find my channel. Right. And do a search right here for cash buyers right there. I have some in, uh, videos here that you should check out. This first one is really good. I did this a couple of years ago. Don't let that freak you out because it's really good. And I think these two are the same. Yeah. Maybe not. They're the same length, 48 minutes and 41 seconds, but different names. <laughs> I don't know. Check that out. Um, that's a good one there. This is a, uh, this is the one. Yeah, this one's really good. Some of these links are outdated, but, um, that's a good one. Oh, this is a really good one right here. (laughs) Awesome tips for finding buyers. And what I do in these videos, those, those two, those two or three videos should be the best ones. What I do in those videos, I show you how to go to list source. This is free. You create a free account, you log into your free account and, um, you can see what are the best zip codes in a certain county. You go here to investor absentee owners. And what was that one county we were looking at? Garland County, no, that wasn't the county. It was uh, Craighead County, right? So you just go here real quick. Let me show you, because this is pretty cool. Arkansas, Craighead County, 7,500 absentee owners. Now I'm not buying the list here, but I'm doing a little bit of research here. I want single families and one to four residences. I'm gonna go down here to last recording date. I'm gonna do last 12 months. Brings me to 292, but I go here to next and I'm gonna say uh, corporate owned properties, no preference. And there's now 559. I'm gonna pretend like I'm purchasing list and I'm gonna go to purchase partial list and I'm gonna do custom selection. I'm gonna go to zip code. And the cool thing now is it gives me this table. And this table right here are all the zip codes in that county. And there's number that shows you records. And you can see in here which zip code has the most activity, 72401, 72404, 72405. And if you scroll down, it's not sorted or ranked by anything, but those are the three top zip codes. And you can export these into a little spreadsheet and you can play around with them, right? And But you can look at, you can do some research, you know, on these, on these three or four or five zip codes where there's a lot of activity. And uh, just dig into propstreamjoe.com, Dig dig into Zillow and see, uh, you know, are there are investors buying in these zip codes and then turning them around and and uh, renting them out? Which I'm going to suspect that they are. If I go to 72401 and go into Zillow, you know, let me go to. uh, Sometimes Zillow gives me a hard time on Chrome. Let's try it again. 72401. Let's look at what? Yeah, well, let's look at what are the properties that are for sale there right now? Houses only. Let's look at. Priced low to high. All right, here we go. You got forty thousand, sixty-five thousand, seventy-five thousand. I mean, this these are little solid homes. These things probably rent. Jonesboro, Arkansas. This is a nice house. Doesn't need much, and I bet you it'll rent for. I'm going to guess nine hundred a month. You can get the guns, some guns on the wall. That's always a nice added touch. Um, somewhere in here, in you can find approximate the rent. Uh, maybe I missed it, but they'll tell you the estimated rent, home value. Usually it's right here, monthly costs. Well, this is why I have propstreamjoe.com. Propstream will tell you this property will rent for about 677. So I was off. That's still not bad. You can also go to the to the Zillow here and zoom, take out, go to the for rents. And if Google Chrome was allowing me to do it, you could see all of the homes that are for rent in that neighborhood and you can see what it would rent for. All right. So anyway, that's kind of the method to my madness when it comes to um, looking at a specific zip code. And looking at choosing a market. Make sense? Let's just do one more question here. Do we need a partner in every city we are looking in? Uh, maybe. That's what I do. Um, I was doing a subject two one time in, um, was it Texas? Somehow, somewhere, I got a lead from a motivated seller in Texas. I forget which city it was. And um, I went to Facebook Groups. I found um I no, no I didn't. I actually went to Craigslist. I did a search for owner financing. So I looked for homes that were being advertised for owner financing. And I found a guy, called him up. I said, "Hey, I'm an investor. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. I think I just found a deal in your neck of the woods. The seller is willing to do subject to. I mean, they're willing to do owner financing or something, but they have a mortgage. So, I don't want to do a lease option on this house cuz I know it was a cheaper one. Um but listen, I'm, I don't know the area as well as you do. Do you want to partner on the deal? And we just split it 50, 50. He said, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. So we did it. Um, basically what I did is like, I could spend the time and figuring out how to, how the, you know, what the the right title companies to use the mortgage brokers or the attorneys or the right contracts and all that. Or I could find somebody who's already doing deals in that city. Like I want to do, he already had the contracts, he had the title companies, the attorneys that would help him with the paperwork. He already had the buyers that were looking for more owner financing deals there. And uh, he knew exactly what to do. And in fact, then he became my boots on the ground guy to go look at the house and tell me if it was a good neighborhood. You know, he he met, I told the seller, listen, I have my business partner is gonna go look at the house and give you the paperwork to sign. Let me put you in touch with him. Okay, so yeah, I partner with people all the time on deals. The other thing is, if you're doing lease options, Um, You might not want to partner with somebody necessarily, but you should find a realtor and you can work with that realtor to help you find a tenant buyer for the house. So in a certain sense, it's partnering, but you're just hiring a realtor to bring you the buyer or to bring you the tenant for that property. Cool. Um, So you don't need a partner, but I recommend it. And if you're doing lease options, I recommend you at least find um, a, a realtor to help you with that. So let's look at the comments that were in here. Uh, Al, would you recommend a newbie to go after commercial buildings? Nah, not unless you're partnering with somebody who has done commercial before. And find out from them, what are you looking for? What do you want? What kind of deals? And then go after what they want, and they'll partner with you on it. Jessica, if we use your FreedomSoft, are all your documents in there for us to use? Not all of my documents, Jessica, but my main ones are, yeah. And you can take my documents and add them in there. So if you go to freedomsoftjoe.com or go to hundredsofleads.com, watch my webinar about FreedomSoft, how we use it, hundredsofleads.com, that's the webinar. Or if you just wanna sign up, go to freedomsoftjoe.com. You get my customizations and things like that in there. Um, Okay, question from Kaz. Can an option consideration go towards a down payment of a home if you're doing an assignment? Or is this only for sandwich lease options? If so, how does that work? Uh, Yes, if you're working with the right mortgage broker and the right title company. Okay, you got to make sure you're working with a good mortgage broker that knows how lease options work, who knows which banks to go to, which banks not to go to, the right way to present it. So but I just never promise or guarantee to the tenant buyer that that option consideration money up front is going to be applied towards the down payment. I'd never promise that. How do I screen my tenant buyers? Um, I I have a uh, agency, um, a tenant screening company that does it for me. Can you recommend a mortgage broker company that can work with tenant buyers on your behalf? Uh, No, because I only like to work with and I only recommend local mortgage brokers. So what I would just start asking around um, to mortgage brokers who um, already working. So I'll ask around, Hey, do you know any mortgage brokers that are working with people with challenge credits wh- wh- who challenge credit? And so then I'll talk to them and tell them what I'm doing. And um, yeah. What closing statement do you clo- use to close the seller? I'm not sure I understand. If you're talking about the HUD statement, I don't know. I let the title company worry about that. Uh, good question from, I mean, good comment here from all Nighter Hider. get an LLC ASAP for the $10,000 tax credit. Prime corporate services has been great so far. Awesome. Yeah, joemacall.com slash llc. Thank you. joemacall.com slash llc. Silicon Valley Gal says to get the crime map for an area, put in the zip, the city name, the county name, along with crime map into Google, and then select the neighborhood scout result. Yes, that's probably it. So if I were to go to the Google and do a search for St. Louis County crime map, I'm Googling it and I find there it is. I think this is it. Let me see. Before I share my screen, it's just giving me St. Louis City. So I, there's there's always been confusion between there's a St. Louis City County and a St. Louis County County. But there's other good sites in here from the local newspaper, the St. Louis County Police. I'm just looking in St. Louis County here. All right, so I don't need to share my screen, but that's a good comment, Silicon Valley gal. Thank you. Do you see the properties in person before giving a lease offer on the home? No, I don't. Are you giving virtual offers? Yes, I am. If so, do you have boots on the ground for that? Yes. I either partner with other investors or I have realtors go look at the homes for me. Um, Chris, I'm looking to make an offer on a property in a small town, Shelby, Ohio. The house is on three acres, but the zoning is indicating row crops. Is this an issue in your experience? Good question, Chris. I don't know, but I will say this. Um, There's always going to be times when it's like, I don't know, especially if you're doing deals virtually, like, is this? I don't know. It's maybe hard to get comps. It's hard to know local ordinances and laws. And if it's a good area or bad area, is it on the wrong side of the tracks or the right side of the tracks? What, you know, I don't know. So here's the thing sometimes you just may never know until you actually go to the property and look at it yourself, but that's going to be too hard to do if you're in California and you're doing deals in Ohio. I don't know. Right. So sometimes you just got to get it under the best agreement that you can. Go ahead and get it under contract. Okay. And then. Try to market the property and see what your buyers tell you. If your buyers all of a sudden are like you're not getting any calls, it may be not a good area. If if you're getting calls and they're saying, ah, you know, I'm not interested, it's 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 in that area or it's it's uh, it backs to a power line or a railroad track or the property's trashed. You're gonna find out whether it's the the row crops are a big deal. You may find if there's a house on it, there may be a ton of people looking. To do a lease option on a property on three acres, if there is if and there's row crops, it's zoned as as, is with for agriculture. Does that make sense? By the way, every time I've done a lease option on a property with acreage more than one or two or three acres, I get tons and tons of calls on those properties. So even if it's out in the sticks in a small town, oh my gosh, if you can advertise a property with creative financing. That has acreage, uh, you'll be overwhelmed with calls. I pretty much promise you that, unless you're asking a ridiculous amount of money for it. Ka- Caroline, I thought the idea was to make money on the front end, and that was keeping the option money. No. Yeah, you keep the option money, Caroline, um, but you don't, you credit it back to the tenant buyer if and when they buy the home, but it's a credit on paper. It's not like money that you have to store in a safe or in an escrow account. That money you can spend. I don't recommend you do that. I recommend you save at least half of it, but that's a credit they get at closing. So it's built into the price of the home does that make sense it's built into the price um shalini you never you mentioned that you never promised the tenant buyers that the option money will be applied towards their down payment don't they consider that sunk money in that case no a couple things number one they are buying the option they're buying the right to buy this house at a certain price okay um, and that costs money if they want the right to buy this house and live in it and rent it for two years and they have the they want to lock in a price you can charge a fee for that that's called option consideration. Now, I can't promise it'll go towards the down payment, but I can promise it'll reduce the price of the home because I built it into the price. So if it's a $200,000 house, they put down $10,000 as an option consideration. I'll tell them, um, will this gets applied towards reducing the price of the home? That's what I basically say. And so when it comes time to get their mortgage, they're gonna get a mortgage for $190,000, okay? Now it's up to the mortgage broker and the bank whether that 10 grand can be applied towards their down payment or not. So I hope that makes sense. I I know some investors that just tell that tenant buyer up front, this will not get applied towards the down payment. You need to start saving up for your down payment over the next two or three years. But again, talk to a mortgage broker, talk to a mortgage broker who has done lease options before and knows the right ways and the wrong ways to do it because there are mortgage brokers that don't know. And you got to find the ones that know how to do it and know the right way to present it to the banks. Okay. This has been good. I appreciate you all very much. Thank you for the comments. Um again, one t- one more time we talked about this at the beginning. Um if you want to go to my where did it go here? Boom, there it is. Uh next week we're doing a live 5-day class called Virtual Profits Workshop. It's free. It's going to be in a Facebook group, a temporary mini Facebook group that will only be up for um 7 days or so, but it's all 100% free. I don't charge anything for it. Go to virtualprofitsworkshop.com. I'm doing it with my coaching business partner, Gavin, virtualprofitsworkshop.com. And we're going to be teaching you how to do virtual deals, right? And a lot of the questions that came in had to do with that. How do you find the small markets? You know, How do you find people to partner with on the deals? How do you find people to take pictures? How do you find somebody to inspect the property? What if it's a bad deal? What do you do? What do you do? Easy. Problems are easy to answer and solve. So we're going to talk all about it in the virtualprofitsworkshop.com. It's free. And as I'm recording this, we go live September 6th in the group. And even if you miss a day or if you sign up late, all of the videos will be in there for that entire week. So you can catch up later as we go. The classes will be just about 30 minutes to an hour long. So they're not going to be very, very long, but it's going to be very valuable. And I know that um, the, the value that you're going to get out of this will probably be more than what you've spent you know, hundreds or if not thousands of dollars before in the past. All right, so go check it out, virtualprofitsworkshop.com. Thank you, very everybody, very, very much. Um, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, All Nighter, hider. You're welcome. I'll see you on the next one. And uh, somebody here says, I've signed up, but how do I join the Facebook group? So you should have gotten an email. Check your email and your text because we send you a text and an email with how to get into the Facebook group. But it's in the it was on the thank you page right after you signed up. So make sure you, um, you check your email. Okay, cool, Chad. Hey, man, <laughs> how you doing, Chad? Glad you're here. I've had Chad on my podcast before. All right, Jerry, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Caroline. Oh, keep the thank yous coming. I'll just keep on showing your thank you comments. You're welcome, Chris. Appreciate it. See you Thursday. What am I doing Thursday? Oh, my coaching call, two o'clock central, Thursday the 2nd all nighter, Chider. All right, guys, we'll see everybody. Take care. Thanks again.